My son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding, that you may keep discretion, and your lips may guard knowledge. For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps follow the path to Sheol. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander and she does not know it. And now, O sons, listen to me and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her and do not go near the door of her house, lest you give your honor to others and your years to the merciless. Lest strangers take their fill of your strength and your labors go to the house of a foreigner. And at the end of your life you groan when your flesh and body are consumed. And you say, how I hated discipline and my heart despised reproof. I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ear to my instructors. I am at the brink of utter ruin in the assembled congregation. Well, please take a seat. It's really good to be with you this morning. Uh, It'd be great if you could turn to page 530 uh, in your Bibles. Uh, We're going to be looking at Proverbs chapters 5, 6, and 7 this morning. And that's on page 530. And uh, let's pray uh, before we dive in. Father God, we fail you in so many ways. Uh, We pray that you would challenge us to live for you uh, this morning, and we pray that you would show us your grace once again. Amen. Well, over the last uh, few weeks of Proverbs, uh, we've been learning uh, about how to get wisdom. Uh, And throughout the book, uh, the author of Proverbs uh, gives us the positives of wisdom, uh, and he also gives us the pitfalls of wisdom. Uh, the things to avoid uh, if we're not going to be foolish. Uh, and today we're warned about the pitfall of sexual immorality. Now the question uh, that might be on the tip of your tongue uh, as we start this morning uh, is why does God care uh, so much about our sexuality? It seems to come up in church quite a lot. Uh, it keeps coming up in the Bible. That's why it comes up in church quite a lot. Uh, why does God care uh, so much? And the surprising answer uh, is this. Romance reveals God. Uh, The relationship between husband and wife uh, is to be a vivid picture of something far greater. Uh, Some people today might think that the God of the Bible is against sex, uh, but the Bible has a very high view of sex. Uh, Right from the opening page of the Bible, uh, God says to his people, be fruitful and multiply. Uh, The very first command in the Bible uh, is to have sex. Uh, There's a quote for you. Uh, But straight away, uh, God institutes marriage uh, as the uh, right context for this fruitful sexuality. Uh, Lifelong marriage uh, between one man and one woman. Why is that? Uh, Well, because like uh, shaking someone's hand uh, or giving them a hug uh, is an expression of friendship, uh, God has designed sex uh, to say, I love you uh, and I'm committed to you for life. As one author puts it, sex is not just recreational, it's profoundly relational. And deep down, I think we all know that. And it points to a far greater relationship. Did you notice that in the reading earlier that we had from Ephesians? We read this, 
Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Uh, And then in verse 31 of Ephesians 5, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Uh, Marriage is to be a picture of the amazing love uh, between Jesus and his people. Uh, It's only an echo of it, uh, like a toy car is an echo of a a real car. Uh, And it's hard to get our heads around. Uh, It's a mystery, uh, Paul says. Uh, But marriage gives us a picture uh, we can glimpse uh, and understand uh, so that we get uh, a glimpse of a far greater love story. And there's a deep gospel reason for it. Uh, It gives us a a glimpse of Christ and his church, uh, a unity across difference. Uh, And so uh, it matters deeply to God. Uh, And in a similar way to marriage, uh, parenthood uh, reveals uh, a glimpse of God's fatherly love uh, for us. Uh, And that's the picture that we're given uh, in these opening nine chapters of Proverbs, isn't it? Uh, We're given a picture of a father uh, guiding his son uh, into wisdom and warning him uh, against the uh, foolishness. And here in Proverbs uh, chapters five, six, and seven uh, that we're looking at today, the father says to his son, uh, if you're going to be wise... Uh, you need to avoid the pitfall of sexual immorality uh, because you pay a high price for it. Uh, Take a look with me at chapter 5, verse 1. The father says to his son, My son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding that you may keep discretion and your lips may guard knowledge. For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Uh, The father says, be attentive. Uh, Please listen uh, to me, son. Uh, Sexual immorality can be so attractive. uh, But don't be a fool. Uh, There's a high price to pay for it. Uh, It has terrible consequences. Uh, We're told uh, later on that he uh, who does it destroys himself. Uh, In fact, later in chapter 5, sexual immorality is pictured as playing with fire. Uh, Have a look at chapter 5, verse 27. It says, uh, Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? Uh, Or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? So is he who goes into his neighbor's wife. None who touches her will go unpunished. Uh, If you play with fire, uh, you'll get burned. And at the end of chapter 6, we're told about the the practical price that you pay. Uh, Adultery brings jealousy and hatred and revenge. Uh, It brings pain and hurt to those involved. Uh, And sadly, I imagine there's people here this morning uh, who can testify to that. Apparently, the journalist uh, Malcolm Muggeridge I was once at a party uh, where he met a woman who who had been told had been seduced by the author H.G. Wells. Uh, And being fairly blunt, uh, he asked her how it had happened. Uh, And she replied uh, that Wells had said, uh, shall we go upstairs and do something funny? And Muggeridge replied, was it funny? And she said, no, sir, it was not funny. Uh, That evening has caused me more misery than any other evening in my life. Sexual immorality uh, has a high price. Uh, That's not the message we get uh, from the world around us, from the TV, uh, from uh, magazines, is it? 
Uh, it's just a bit of harmless fun. Uh, it's funny. Uh, but God created us, and so the best place to find out about our sexuality is in his words, uh, the Bible, much as we might read uh, the instruction manual uh, for a car. And God is, is honest with us here, and he says, there is a high price to pay uh, for sexual immorality. Uh, the father appeals this, and he says, don't be a fool, uh, don't play with fire, don't get burned. Uh, in this passage, the temptation of uh, sexual immorality is uh, pictured as a woman. Uh, verse 3 the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey. Uh, and I guess on initial reading, um, we might think this is so sexist. I mean, uh, why isn't it a man who's pictured uh, as this? Um, but remember the picture here is of a father talking to his son, uh, although uh, the word, uh, um, the message here is for all of us, just like the whole of God's words. Uh, and the, the father presents his son with a choice uh, between uh, the lady, the predator, uh, whose way leads to death, uh, and the lady wisdom. Uh, we see her elsewhere in Proverbs, uh, whose way is perfect and whose way leads to life. Uh, and so the way of perfection and wisdom is also pictured as a woman. Uh, so it's not sexist. And there's numerous examples of men uh, behaving like this here in, uh, in the Bible. Uh, and in chapter 7, uh, we're given a story which warns us of just how easy it is uh, to fall for this lady representing sexual temptation. Uh, in chapter 7, verse 7, uh, the father tells a story uh, of a young man uh, lacking sense. Uh, this young man, uh, he heads out for the evening, uh, and uh, he doesn't go out uh, seeking to fall into a trap, uh, but he does think, uh, verse 8, uh, if I just pass uh, round that corner over there, I might get a glimpse uh, of that lady of the night. Uh, he's heard about a certain part of the town, uh, he's heard about certain sites on the internet. Uh, he thinks, I just want to see her. I I'm strong enough uh, to resist uh, or to handle it. I won't go any further. Uh, and so he takes a walk. Uh, but as he uh, walks past in the twilight, uh, the woman comes over and meets him. Uh, the way she's dressed doesn't leave much to the imagination. Uh, and she grabs the young man and kisses him. Uh, and she says this, uh, verse 14. Uh, have a look, chapter 7, verse 14. I had to offer sacrifices, and today I have paid my vows. Uh, so now I have come out to meet you, uh, to seek you eagerly, and I have found you. I have spread my couch with coverings, colored linens with Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love till morning. Let us delight ourselves with love. For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took a bag of money with him. At full moon he will come home. With much seductive speech, she persuades him. With her smooth talk, she compels him. All at once, he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a stag is caught fast till an arrow pierces its liver. Uh, when she talks about sacrifices here, uh, most commentators agree that uh, it's saying that she would have had lots of luxury food at home. People would often take uh, food back home from the sacrifices at the temple. Uh, and so she's saying, come and, and join me to eat some luxury foods. Uh, she uses all the tactics uh, of sexual temptation. Uh, she tells him there's a great feast, uh, a luxurious setting, uh, an exotic experience waiting for him. And she says, no one will ever know. Nothing will come of it. Uh, my husband is far away. Uh, we're told that the young man is persuaded and he follows her like a stag caught in a trap. The young man in this story is called Simple, 
and lacking sense. He doesn't recognize that sexual temptation is a, a slippery slope. Uh, and the father says to his son, don't be naive. I don't think that you can handle burning coals. You can play with fire. Uh, and he finishes the story uh, by saying, verse 25, son, please listen to me. Uh, don't stray into her paths. And the moral of the story is simple. Uh, don't be naive. Flee immorality. Flee temptation. Uh, don't go down the slippery slope. Uh, when you're out in the mountains in winter, uh, which I like to do, um, uh, the snow blows up around cliffs uh, and creates these big snow overhangs uh, called cornices. I think we've got a picture of one um, here, um, if you flick on. Um, and uh, you, you, you're standing uh, looking over a, a drop and you can't really see where the edge is. You don't know whether you're on solid ground uh, or over a big drop. Uh, and so you steer well clear of the edge. You don't go anywhere near the edge. Uh, it's not worth the risk to your life. Uh, this guy is being very foolish. And in chapter 5, verse 8, the author of Proverbs tells us how to avoid sexual temptation. Uh, and it's a one-line answer. Uh, he says, keep your way far from her and do not go near the door of her house. Uh, don't take a risk of going anywhere near. Uh, the minute there's a seed of temptation, uh, you need to run. Uh, there's a foolishness and naivety to thinking uh, that we can handle it. Uh, don't play with fire. Don't be scorched. Flee. Uh, and let God's wisdom lead you. Uh, the start of chapter se- 7 uh, says, uh, Flee uh, and do this. Keep my commandments and live. Keep my teaching as the apple of your eye. Uh, bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Uh, say to wisdom, you are my sister. And call insight your intimate friend to keep you from the forbidden woman. I love God's wisdom. Uh, Trust that he knows best. Uh, Don't get to the end of your life uh, and say, chapter 5, verse 12, how I hated discipline and my heart despised reproof. Uh, Don't regret it. Uh, No, be willing to listen to God on this uh, and flee temptation. All of us will be attracted uh, to people we're not married to, uh, whether married or single, uh, at some point or another. Uh, And if we're already married... Uh, or if we're single uh, and there's no godly route uh, toward marriage, uh, the person isn't of the opposite sex, uh, they're not a Christian, uh, we just can't see it going anywhere, uh, then we need to decide to stop it right at the seed uh, and not even contemplate it. Uh, that means not letting our mind dwell on it. Uh, it might mean uh, not replying to that slightly unnecessary email or text. Uh, it means, uh, or it might mean not going for coffee with them, uh, Maybe it means avoiding them altogether. Uh, Don't even start down that slippery slope. Uh, Flee temptation. Uh, In Matthew 5, uh, Jesus ups the bar on adultery and he says, You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. Uh, But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Uh, That applies uh, as we're walking down the street. Uh, It also applies uh, to the internet. Uh, These days, it's far too easy to get hold of things that we shouldn't be looking at uh, on the internet. Uh, It's a massive problem in the church. Uh, We know that uh, from the general statistics, uh, which also tell us that it's not just a male problem, it's a problem for some women as well. Uh, And we also know that uh, from talking to people in our church family, uh, and I know it because I struggle with it, uh, and I need people to keep me accountable for it. Uh, And if you're here today, uh, and you're tempted in this area, 
Uh, maybe you're feeling trapped. Uh, I want to urge you to tell someone you trust. Uh, ask for help. Uh, it's difficult uh, because we're proud, uh, but it's naive and it's foolish to think that we can deal with it on our own. Uh, and you'll be glad that you did tell someone. Fleeing that temptation uh, means taking radical steps. Uh, you can get uh, some great software called Accountable to You, uh, which lets uh, one or two other people see what sites you're looking at on the internet um, and uh, keep you accountable. Um, on the iPhone, uh, probably on Android as well, uh, you can use screen time to lock your phone down at certain times or lock certain apps. Uh, maybe uh, you could do that after 10 o'clock at night. Uh, I would say that's a good thing to do, uh, even if you're not tempted in this area, uh, just so you don't faff around late at night and so you can get to bed on time uh, and get up in the morning and spend some good time with God. Uh, and if you're a parent, uh, do these things for your kids now, uh, for their good, to keep them safe. Uh, and lastly, uh, there are worse things in life uh, than not having a smartphone. Uh, Jesus says, if your right eye causes you to sin, uh, tear it out and throw it away. Uh, meaning take radical action. Uh, and if you're married, uh, the other advice here in this passage uh, is to delight in the wife of your youth. Uh, that's there in chapter 5, verse 15. Uh, it says, drink water from your own cistern, uh, flowing water from your own well. Uh, verse 18 says, let your fountain be blessed uh, and rejoice in the wife of your youth. Uh, and 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5 uh, says, do not deprive each other except by mutual consent and for a time, uh, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again, so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Uh, maybe uh, busyness, kids, tiredness uh, are getting in the way, uh, and maybe you need to have a conversation about it with your spouse. Uh, if that's awkward to bring up, uh, well, why not just say, about that sermon on Sunday? Now, you might uh, be sitting there thinking, oh, well, that's all well and good uh, if you're married. Uh, but what if I'm not married? Uh, if, if there's this, uh, this great love story that marriage points to, uh, am I not wasting my sexuality uh, and struggling with it at the same time? Uh, well, Sam Albury uh, is a single Christian pastor and author of a, a great book called Seven Myths About Singleness. Uh, and he reminds us that uh, earthly marriage will not exist in heaven. Uh, there will only be one marriage in heaven between Christ uh, and his people, uh, between Christ and his bride, the church. Uh, that's us. Uh, and just like marriage uh, bears witness to that, uh, like a toy car to the real thing, uh, singleness also bears witness. Uh, Sam writes this, uh, we can live in a way that anticipates uh, what is to come. Singleness now is a way of saying that this future reality uh, is so certain and so good uh, that we can embrace it now. Uh, it's a way of declaring to a world obsessed uh, with sexual and romantic intimacy that these things are not ultimate and that in Christ uh, we possess what is ultimate. Uh, if marriage shows us the shape of the gospel, uh, singleness shows us the, sim um, the sufficiency of the gospel. Uh, and as you do that, uh, you're not missing out on the toy. Uh, you're missing out on the toy car, uh, but you're not going to miss out on the real thing. Uh, and I'm aware that uh, there's much more that could be said about that. I'm aware that might feel like uh, an inad inadequate answer to some of you, uh, but I'd really recommend getting hold of uh, Sam's book. Uh, it's on the next slide. Um, it's a great book and gives a much fuller uh, answer to that question. 
Uh, and the other thing that Sam points us to uh, is that singleness shouldn't mean uh, no intimacy. Uh, the Bible encourages us uh, not just to call ourselves a church family together, but to really be family together. Um, we're encouraged uh, to have deep friendship. Uh, later in Proverbs uh, chapter 27, verse 9, uh, we read this, Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend uh, comes from his earnest counsel. Uh, Proverbs 18, verse 24 uh, says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Uh, and friends, uh, if we're going to help one another with these things, uh, with sexual temptation, uh, with pornography, uh, with struggles with singleness, uh, with everything we battle with and our, our struggle to live for Jesus uh, and be ready for him coming back, uh, then we need a culture at St. Joseph's uh, of uh, being family together, uh, of being honest with one another, um, of uh, deep friendships. Uh, we need people, uh, we need to be real with one another. Uh, we need uh, people who know our temptations, uh, people who know the delights of our hearts, uh, people who instinctively know how to pray for us. They know us that well. Uh, we all struggle in many different ways, uh, and we need people to walk with us uh, as a church family. Uh, and uh, it'd be great if that's what our Sundays look like, uh, that's what our midweek groups look like, uh, that's what our friendships look like uh, as a church family. Uh, so let's put aside our pride and, um, and be honest with each other. I'm aware this is a, a difficult topic. Um, some people might be sitting here this morning uh, feeling condemned, uh, like a failure, uh, ashamed, uh, broken. Uh, but the gospel says that uh, all of us here this morning are broken people, uh, every one of us. Uh, and if we're trusting Jesus, what unites us uh, is that greater love uh, that marriage uh, and singleness point to, uh, that Jesus loved the church uh, so much that he, he gave himself up for her uh, by dying on the cross. Uh, he suffered for the church, uh, for you and for me. Uh, he put our needs above his own uh, so that we could be washed clean, uh, have a clean heart, uh, and one day be free from sin uh, and be united with Jesus uh, in heaven. Uh, author Tim Chester writes this to finish. Uh, think of your sin, uh, the, thing, the th sins you've committed today, the sin it feels as though you commit every day. Uh, then imagine uh, handing them to Jesus one by one. Uh, open your hands, uh, release your grip. Uh, say, here I give up my sins to him that is able to bear them. Uh, feel the weight lift from your heart. Uh, Jesus has taken your burden and borne it on the cross in your place. Uh, well, let's spend a minute on our own, uh, handing those sins over to Jesus uh, and saying thank you. Let's bow our heads. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Thank you, Jesus.
Uh, please help us to, to live for you. Uh, give us the strength and the honesty and the culture here at St. Joseph's to pursue holiness together and to flee temptation.